If you take God's precious word and turn to the book of Proverbs, please. Proverbs chapter 5, and God willing, we'll be expounding verses 5 and 6 tonight. Proverbs chapter 5, verses 5 and 6. And while you're turning there, I want to uh, remind everyone to continue to pray that uh, the gentleman that assists Brother Wisdom in Nigeria will be able to recover his motorcycle. And uh, pray for repairs on Brother Candela's vehicle. Uh, and uh, pray for um, all these just came to mind while we were praying. Uh, for Sabrina, uh, the lady at work, uh, she should be getting baptized uh, soon. She said she wants to sit on it for a few months and learn about baptism so she can do it with the right mind. And, uh, and she's been asking me questions about it. Um, or was asking me questions about a couple of days ago. So pray for her and thank God for Alan, who came to the website and has now professed faith in Christ. He is now visiting or visited the other day a Baptist church. Uh, the church he was going to is not biblical. And he's trying to find a biblical church. So he's... Uh, he finished Lesson 8 in the Genesis to Jesus class the other day. So uh, he's faithfully going through the lessons with us, which is exciting to me. God's good. He is so good. Now, last Wednesday, we learned about the strange woman whose words drip like sweet honey from her mouth. In the end, however, Solomon said her words are bitter like wormwood. And wormwood is the ancient name for hemlock. How many of y'all ever had hemlock for supper? No, I didn't think so. If you did, you wouldn't be here. Hemlock is a, is an archaic word for poison. And so the idea is that the adulterous woman may seem sweet in the beginning, sleeping around without the commitment of marriage, may seem sweet in the beginning, but fornication is poison. That's sweetened with honey. It'll be very bitter in the end. Very poisonous in the end. Uh, I'm not going to ask how many people have done it because I'm sure someone here has. And I don't want to out you on the internet. But how many of y'all have ever heard of somebody sitting out a particular... And I'm not going to give any young people ideas either. But setting out something that belongs in an automobile... For animals, stray animals. Anyone ever heard anyone doing that? You've got to be kidding. You have. Brother Shepherd, you have, haven't you? I thought so. I thought so. All right, well, good. Well, I don't want plenty of ideas in little ones' minds. There's a certain substance that country people set out for stray animals, and it's very sweet when they drink it. But in the end, it's poisonous, and it kills them. I actually knew a man that used to go to church with us when I pastored in uh, uh, Willow Springs. And his sister passed away, and she was, uh, he was special needs, and she was his caretaker. And uh, he got so depressed, he, he drank some. He said that was the most pain he's ever felt in his life. He survived it. But uh, how sad... But that's the way the words of the adulterous woman are. 
Solomon said, be careful not to get mixed up with an adulterous woman. He said, yes, her words are sweet. Look in verse 5. But her feet go down to death. Now, if you would, underscore in the previous verse, um, uh, in, actually in verse 3, underscore her mouth. Her mouth. And now here in verse 5, underscore the words, her feet. Her feet. Look how God is using two different body parts to explain two different things. Her mouth is what she promises you. Her feet are where she leads you. You see how that works? Now when we're talking about her mouth, her mouth is something the mouth communicates, doesn't it? But you know what else? There's more than just the mouth here. And Solomon is just using, taking a particular body part and using it uh, to illustrate the actions, the communications of that woman. But there is more that communicates than a mouth, isn't there? We've heard of body language, haven't we? Body language. Woman bat the eyes at you. Posture herself a certain way and give that body language and she's flirting and making herself look good. Even if she's not trying to make herself look good. If you, in your own lusts, see a woman who's just looks good and you look and you think, oh, wow, maybe I should go after that person. You see still that it looks good to the eyes. It may drip like honey in your fallen mind. But the truth is in the end, it'll be bitter like wormwood, like poison, you see. It's dangerous stuff. You don't mess around with people uh, in a sexual relationship outside the holy bonds of marriage. You just don't, whether you're married or not. You just don't do it. It's wrong. It's sin. And it's hurtful. And so whether it's body language or whether it's uh, the English language or whatever it is, the, the mouth is what she promises you. Her feet are where she leads you. Sin is the original uh, foot and mouth disease. Wasn't it hoof and mouth a while back? Hoof and mouth. Well, sin is the original foot and mouth disease. Here's a kingdom truth for you. Every sin has a mouth that will lift you up and feet that will take you down. I'll repeat that again. Every sin has a mouth that will lift you up and feet that will take you down. The mouth of an adulterous woman will promise you happiness and excitement, but her feet will lead you to death and disappointment. Come with me, she says, promising to lead you to uh, love and fantasy. Yet her feet will not lead you to where she's promised, to what she's promised. Solomon said her feet go where? What's the next word? Her feet go where? Down, not up. Her feet go down, not up. Which means they descend rather than ascend. See, an adulterous woman will not bring you up in life. That's what so many men 
fail to see. That's what so many women fail to see when they're looking at another man. They think, well, man, I can marry up. Well, you can't marry up if you're marrying in sin. If you're marrying in sin, you can only marry down. I don't care how much money that fella has. I don't care if he's got more muscles than Brother Shepherd. You cannot marry up if you're marrying in sin. You can only marry down. Same way with men. You say, well, my wife's 60 years old. And I don't get along with her anymore and she's boring to me. But boy, there's a 30-year-old woman at, at work. And she showed some interest in me. And that 30-year-old woman's looking at that 50, 60-year-old man and thinking, well, man, I won't have to work so hard if I run off with him and, uh, because he's got a whole lot of money. So she's wanting something from him. He's wanting something for her. And both of them think somehow they're going to marry up. I'll get a trophy wife, he thinks. And I'll get me a retirement plan, she thinks. They think they're going to marry up. But let me tell you, strange feet always bring you down. My wife and I were watching a documentary the other night on Albert Einstein. We like documentaries. The man was so mentally smart, but so morally foolish. His strength was his scientific study. His weakness was strange women. Strange women that Solomon is talking about here. While, while he was married, he would frequently run off with adulterous women. He may not come back home for a couple of days, and his wife just knew about it. And, and he was married twice, and uh, they said that uh, he was infatuated each time deeply in love with those women before he married them. But uh, after he started running around on them with other women, he grew bitter and dissatisfied with his wives. In a letter to his first wife before he married her, he spoke of how beautiful she was. But after he married her, while he was running around on her, he told her how ugly she was. What happened to the young physicist? What happened to the man who was in college and madly in love with this brilliant, beautiful classmate of his who was working on her PhD? That's his first wife. Where did all that love and infatuation and excitement go? Where did all the joy go? It went down, didn't it? That's right, brother. It all died. Her feet leads you down to death, to Hades, to hell. It all died when the sweet-lipped woman came along. Because of sin, Mr. Einstein abandoned his, his, uh, his first child. Abandoned the first child. And left his second and third when their mother uh, uh, did not excite him anymore, and he ran off with a strange woman, left her and her, his two kids. The strange woman promised him the good life, but her steps led him down to death. Solomon said, look back in your text, her steps take hold on hell, which means death, the, the place, the abode of the dead. Do you remember when uh, the children of Israel were fighting Amalek? When they were coming out of Egypt. And Moses held up his staff. Remember? 
as long as he held up his staff, what was happening? Israel was winning. When his staff, he got weak and he started, his arms started falling down and the staff started lowering, they started losing. And so Aaron and Hur, they came up on either side of him, they helped grab his hands and they helped support and hold up that staff so they could win the fight. And when it says here that her steps take hold on hell, when you're looking at that word take hold, it literally means to sustain. It's the same word used for Aaron and her holding up Moses' hands in that rod. They sustained Moses. Her feet sustain hell. To put it plainly, I believe Solomon is saying, Strange woman keeps hell in business. Makes sense? She keeps death in business. Sends death lots of customers. Her words draw them in. Her feet take them down. The adulterous woman keeps a steady supply of fresh casualties. It never ends. You can teach on it in church. You can preach on it to little children ever since they're small. They can grow up, but something magical happens when all those hormones start kicking into people. And suddenly they think they're smarter than God. And they can go out and live how they want to. And they can outfox that old devil, the fox. And you can't do it. Now, don't fool yourself. Don't make the mistake of thinking you can enjoy the sweet words without experiencing the bitter fall. You can't do it. Never assume that you can strategize your way out of the heartache of sin. Never think you're clever enough to enjoy the sin without experiencing the suffering of the consequences of it. Solomon said in verse 6, Lest thou shouldest ponder the path of life. Now, let's spend just a second on this. Lest thou shouldest ponder the path of life. Now, I want you to remember that 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 word ponder here in the Hebrew, that's that word that has to do with paving a road, paving a highway. Remember that? We looked at that, if not last Wednesday, maybe the Wednesday before. And so this word in the Hebrew means to pave a road, to flatten it out. Maybe in a two or three back uh, when we're looking at uh, a road roller. Uh, paving out, you know, a road. We talked about that. So he's saying, lest thou shouldest ponder the path of life, lest you should pave the road of life with this adulterous woman. You see what Solomon's saying here? He said, you be careful, Christian. Be careful, young man. Lest you try to pave the path of life With this adulterous woman. All too often Christians make the mistake of thinking they can pave the Lord's highway with the devil's materials. You can't do it. Pastors will have an affair on their spouse and they think it won't hurt their ministry. Christians leave their wives. Leave their husbands. For another person thinks somehow God is going to bless that marriage. And all these other foolish Christians, I tell you what, I think I'll bonk you on the head if I see somebody leave their spouse and then you get on Facebook and congratulate them on their next marriage. There is a woman 
that I married, not, not, not that I married, but that I performed the marriage ceremony. There is, a, <laughs> there is a woman that I married, her and her husband, uh, years back. I sat them down in my study and counseled them like you, you know, page preachers do for the married people. And I said, now look, you, for me to do this ceremony, you've got to promise me that if y'all ever consider divorce, you will, one of you will look me up and let me sit down and talk with you before you ever go through with a divorce. Oh, we promise. Neither one of them did. They both split up, never said a word to me. And the other day on Facebook, here she is on her third marriage now. And here she is having bridal shower, just like she's some little teenager and everyone giving her gifts. She's just enjoying all the fun of it. Got her bridesmaids and they're doing little parties. And she's got these, uh, all these wedding photos with her man. Do you think I'm going to get on there and congratulate her? No, sir. It's fornication. It's adultery. It's wicked. And I'm not going to get on there and celebrate someone who does that. It's sin. But they think somehow they can leave their husband or their wife or another person and God's going to somehow bless that relationship and they'll be able to still enjoy that intimate walk with Jesus. It won't be the same. Church, you can't pave the Lord's highway with the devil's materials. Solomon said, be careful, lest you pave the path of life with her for, look back in your text, her ways are what? Movable. Movable. Well, when I was a kid, there was one thing that scared me. I'd watch those old westerns. And some guy would be out somewhere. And he'd step. And next thing you know, his feet would go down. Then his other foot would go down. And next thing you know, it's coming up to here. And he'd be in quicksand. And if no one threw a rope around him and hauled him out with a horse, he was a goner. It says her ways are movable. That's the concept behind that. Her road, her ways, her pathways are movable. They, they're like uh, shifting sand. Several years back, there was an upscale neighborhood. I'm sure some of y'all probably saw it. I want to say it was in Florida, but I can't remember. But there was an upscale neighborhood that had some beautiful homes on it. And, and, and the, the homes were built on shifting sand. Any of y'all remember that? You don't remember it? And all over the course uh, of time, these huge sinkholes began to form and start swallowing up some of the yards of those homes. Did you see it, Sister Alice? Nobody else? You did? All right, thank you. You heard about it? All right. Well, it happened. I saw it. And uh, it, it rendered them completely uninhabitable. I mean, it was, it was sad, and I remember looking at that thinking, how foolish. You think of, of, of the parable of Jesus, the one that built his house on the sand, the one that built it on the rock. These folks built those houses. They sold them, got their money, and they were out of there. I can almost promise you, nobody that built them lived in them. I remember one home not too long ago. It was in a different 
uh, different neighborhood. And one of the residents was suddenly swallowed up by sinkhole. And they had the rescue crew out there. I remember watching it on television. And the ground was so unstable, the rescue crew could not finish the recovery. They left the person in there. The person still on the ground to this day. That quick, instantaneously, they died and were buried until the Lord raises them up. That's the way it is when you pave the Lord's road with the devil's materials. Your sinful ways may seem like stable ground for a time. They may seem like they'll accommodate your religion and your faith in Christ and you'll still be able to enjoy going to church, having the respect of your fellow church members, enjoying all the benefits of being a believer and all of those things. It may seem like stable ground for a time, but the ways of an adulterous woman are movable. They're shifting sand that will gradually swallow you up. And bring you down to death. They are movable. Look back in your text. That thou canst not know them. You can't count on them. Man when I get out on the highway. Especially if I'm going over a lake. I saw today. That uh, there was a a fatal accident. Uh, One of the cars. uh, Hit. One of the pillars of an overpass. Here in Texas. And. The Department of Transportation was sending a crew out there, I'm sure of engineers, to make sure the, 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 the bridge was still okay and they didn't need to shut it down after suffering that impact. But man, when I get on a bridge, I want to know that thing's stable, you know? Especially, if you're, again, if you're going over a large body of water or if you're on the road. We've seen highways with sinkholes all of a sudden or bridges that collapse and cars just run off in them. Uh, you, you can't plan your life with any degree of certainty on the ways of an adulterous woman. You cannot do it. I remember talking to someone who had left their husband one day and in her, in her mind she had it all figured out how she could break her vow to her husband, reclaim her youth, and then go off and enjoy life. And I, and I told that person, I said, it's not going to turn out the way you think it will. Sin doesn't turn the clock back. Sin speeds the clock up. It does. Sin doesn't relieve stress. Sin adds to stress in the end. It creates stress. Sin doesn't resolve problems. It exacerbates them. In time, her newfound freedoms brought newfound troubles into her life. Many of us know people just like that. Solomon says her ways are immovable. Be not deceived, Christian. You cannot disregard the principles of God's Word and still reap the benefits of God's will. You cannot pave the Lord's highway with the devil's materials. With that, we'll go ahead and close tonight. God willing, take back up in our next verse next Wednesday night. I find myself sometimes pondering on the scriptures that I study in life and pray, Lord, 
Help these to be in my mind and create a way of thinking in me. You know, I can in real time apply them. Father, thank you for your precious word. We love you so much. Oh, thank you for the guidance, the wise and loving guidance you give us with these scriptures. Thank you, Lord, that you in your word pave the path of life for us. And it's a way that is not movable. We can know it. We can depend on it. We can step with perfect certainty and assurance. Not only of its destination, but of the solid steps that we take along the way. Oh Lord, help us to walk in your light that we may live the life that you've called us to live with all stability and joy and fruit of your spirit. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen.